1: I'm not adverse to the idea of BDSM, but I'm really into avocado salad. (laughs) Well, hello and welcome to another episode of But Why. This week, I am talking to two lovely people about BDSM. And to be frank, this is way out of my comfort zone. I'm trying to think of if I've ever done a podcast about sex before, I have did a uh, episode of Honestly About Sex and in fact when I've been on stage with the Scummy Mummies a couple of times at, at various um, gigs they've ended up asking me questions about sex and to be clear I'm very comfortable about talking about sex with my good friends but I find talking about it publicly a little bit awkward and so I guess it's important for me to do episodes like this because it's practicing what I preach. It is leaning into tricky subjects. Why was I worried? I think I was worried about looking like a prude. I was worried, I think, about lifting the lid on a world that I had preconceived ideas of in terms of thinking it was going to be sordid, and risky and in some ways even inappropriate particularly in my mind when i had bdsm linked to violence but you know what this chat really did change my mind it made me yeah rethink that whole sector and perhaps made me think that some of the practices going on within the bdsm movement would be beneficial for us all to learn from not just in terms of our sex lives but in the way we go about our relationships in general so with that trailer a little bit of a clue of what's coming i think we better get cracking with this week's episode so here we are so the, the easiest way to start this is for you both to introduce yourselves tell them, tell the audience why i'm talking to you do you think like why you're the relevant voices to be talking about bds bdsm and i guess also how you how you got into it if that is even the right language should we go gentlemen first spin it round yeah
2: oh thank you <laughs> but i i would have said ladies first but okay um i'm i'm chris or and i'm 33 years old and i'm currently uh, working on together with uh with, uh, Lisa and, um, my co orger uh, Solea, um, on opening a BDSM museum in Hamburg an exhibition, um, aiming at, um, showing people what kink is about and what, uh, BDSM, um, yeah, that BDSM is about caring and respect and, uh, consent and boundaries and that there are many misconceptions, um, that people can yeah, be informed about mm-hmm. and educate themselves. And it's a great topic to show people that there is more to the colorful world of BDSM than black and white.
0: Yeah, that's a nice line. Alisa? So I've taken a different way around. I don't practice BDSM in the traditional sense. I think we all kind of do. Uh, I'm not sure vanilla and BDSM, they're the terms that you like... Chris said, very black and white. They don't really exist. Everybody's had a bit of kinky business in the bedroom. And I'm a mother of two. And I write short erotic stories in which I feature a lot of these kind of elements. And my stories are straight to the point. We dive straight in and show exactly this colorful world in the hopes of inspiring other people to tidy up with these misconceptions and to really shine a light on how beautiful this world can actually be if you give it a chance.
1: So to, to go back a step, what for? because actually when I asked Instagram yesterday, a huge number of people didn't even know what BDSM stood for as in the acronym and therefore I imagine don't have an understanding at all about what we're, we're talking about. So could one or other of you fill us in on that?
2: Uh, well, um, I'm glad, uh, gladly, um, BDSM is an acronym for bondage, discipline, um, dominance, submission, and sadochism, masochism, and it can be described as entailing like concepts with power play, with a bondage or, or a physical restrict, restraint in some sense and some kind of like, uh, um, yeah, power dynamics, uh, between a couple and also a different approach towards pain so that redefining pain or um, yeah redefining situations where you might feel like stress or um, uh, yeah some pressure and uh, making that into something good
1: very good very succinct answer lisa do you have anything to add to that
0: so just a short snippet i have i'm german but i studied in the uk and uh, i know there are the i'm not going to name them the standard shops that you can go into to buy all sorts of paraphernalia and when i was working in berlin i worked in one of these big big shops and the things you find there can be daunting at first you might associate them as chris said with pain and all those sorts of things but the people that are doing it buying these things in this world they are so much more there's so much this consent thought and communication I think is lacking a lot of the time in relationships and so I find BDSM for me personally is a lot about this exploration of communication within a relationship because how do you know what the other person likes if they don't tell you and if you don't talk about it So that was the part of BDSM where I really found myself and thought this is something that more people, as you say, so many people don't know about this, should perhaps explore.
1: It's so interesting because I think, and maybe I'm only speaking from my my own perspective, but if you say BDSM, you go straight to the extremes, I think. I think we're thinking leather, whips, you know, yeah, veering into violence, I suppose, and... And of course, that I mean, I'm not. I have no judgment to anyone to do whatever they want. Um, But that is the bit that, from point zero, feels like a a million miles away. It's like, how can I ever find myself getting into that? And actually, I got a lot of messages from people saying, and you know, this this will talk to you, Lisa. But I'm I'm most of my audience are parents, and they're just like, we don't even have time to do the most basic version of sex or intimacy, let alone whip on a leather catsuit, um, you know. That's,
0: that's it, that's it.
1: And and then I'm like, well, is that, is that exactly the point? Is, is the reason we're not finding time because it's become, and vanilla isn't even right, because I think that gives it a bad term, but because it's become such a standardised thing and there's a whole complexity about what mother, or parenting does to your relationship with your body, Or yeah, what's your take on kind of that that reaction from people?
0: Claire, me a hundred percent. That is exactly uh, why I do what I do, and it's why I support the museum and speak as an ambassador for them. It was when I became a mum, now of two, I realised that I mean my libido, my libido, sorry, was I mean non-existent. It was just gone, 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 and. I didn't know what to do about it. I thought I was broken, you know? I just, I couldn't give my husband what he wanted. I didn't want it, you know, all these kind of things. So where do you go from there? You can engage in the, you know, once a week we do this, we get together, we figure it out and we do what we used to do. But that wasn't enough for me. So obviously having worked in this shop, I knew that there were things that you could do and you could look at and you could explore together and that gave our relationship a new level. Instead of saying, you know, Friday night, date night, we get together, we have some fun, we say, how about we visit a shop, we go inside, we educate ourselves, because these shops, they're amazing. It's not the dark dungeon, it's not the gory business. The people that work there, I was one of them. They're open, they're friendly, they talk to you about everything and anything, you know? And so maybe you'll buy a crop, a toy, handcuffs. You know, pop culture has given us certain films. I'm not going to mention them. I'm sure everybody will think of the one film that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Whereas that was great. You know, they finally brought onto a screen things that people were doing behind closed doors. So people started talking about it. That was great there's more and uh, there's more about this consent and communication aspect that's important within scenes like that. But as a mum, I found myself texting my husband saying, I found this one thing, do you fancy trying it? And suddenly out of a typical Friday night where you maybe order takeaway and have a play and that's you done for the week, we started exploring new things and you know it's not that it's not those dark dungeons it's not all black and whips and chains it's an exploration and i think i've used that word probably about 20 times right now mm-hmm. but that's exactly what it offers you and it also it offers you a platform with other people to talk about these things mm-hmm. which is sometimes taboo and scary and you know but it's your pleasure so why shouldn't you be able to talk about it? Mm-hmm. Would you say that you, your
1: your sex life veered into that space pre-kids? So was it a case of revisiting or is this a whole new chapter? Because I, again, I can only speak on behalf of a lot of the conversations with mums I have. You know, you, it's, it is very difficult to switch from, yeah, the two parents trying to get kids in the bath bath and like arguing over the shopping list to to this thing and I I mean I I guess the bit that makes it difficult is also the bit that makes it appealing I've been this is to both of you I've been talking a lot actually about whether I wonder for women particularly we are increasingly showing up in more masculinized versions of ourselves you know the strong empowered women narrative which of course I couldn't be more on board with but the the challenging part of that is you are we've got I've got a lot of uh, female friends who feel like they have to they are spinning plates and in control of everything, like holding their whole family's lives together and th- the messages I was receiving yesterday is that this this world is appealing and that being dominated is appealing because it's a- an opportunity to, to drop the balls from that and then I'm like oh is that leaning into a, a more traditional archetypal
0: feminine role and that's very interesting. Chris I think um, you can speak a lot out of personal experience. I think that is very much the thought of freedom. I don't think there's a feminist thought I, we switch my husband and I sometimes I'm dominant sometimes he's dominant he enjoys it just as much as I enjoy it mm-hmm. but Chris I think you can say a lot more about the sort of release and freedom aspect of that
2: yeah exactly I think when I mean it's not about BDSM is not so much I think about the practice but more about reflecting on your desires and how to find a positive way to act on them mm-hmm. together with your partner and um talking with your partner about your desires and how to find ways to to try out things that you that you feel drawn towards to and if you if you have a stressful life and you don't have the the room for for romance or for feelings um then it's okay then you don't need to to fill in something just uh, to to do something amazing or great um mm-hmm. you need to do it when you feel like it and are open to it I feel and um Because your fantasy should be there to to give you something positive and to free you. And exactly if you have a lot of stress in your life, then you can maybe find a place where you can say, okay, now we have a certain atmosphere, a scene like a theater play. And in this role, I want to take and I want to immerse myself in this role. I want to feel like giving up power. And when I have no power, there are no Mm -hmm. more obligations I have to follow. And so I'm completely free from the rest of the world during the time while I'm I I choose to to play on the button. I choose to give up power or be chained or or be uh, physically restrained or f- choose to follow the orders of my partner or just choose to to let my partner act on me and just feel mm-hmm. what he is doing to me.
1: So again, the feedback I was getting is I can you know there's one thing understanding why that's appealing, but there's another thing actually taking the steps towards exploring it and, and and how would you suggest that people begin to do that?
2: I think um, it's it's good if you reflect on it by, by talking to someone you trust or, or writing it down maybe on the internet if you really don't think you have someone you can talk to because I mean a lot of your own fantasies and desires, everyone has sexual fantasies and desires and I think it's, we live in the 21st century where we should should have an opportunity to discover paths to to fulfill our desires in a way that's uh, that's nurturing and positive for us and the people we do it together with and um yeah i mean usually sex is not just a one person thing so you need someone else and so you should talk with the person and and then you see okay my, my partner has other interests and is also interested about this so i mean it's i think it's a lot about shame and and fear that's holding us back because when you're being told, no, that's not appropriate. And, and during our socialization, we learn that, OK, sex is in private in the bedroom. And and so that holds us back a lot also, so that sometimes even in the mm-hmm. bedroom, we can't let go, I feel.
1: Lisa, do you have anything to add there? I feel like you might do.
0: Yeah, as a mum, it's exactly that, isn't it? Um, I <laughs> collapse onto the couch in the evening and I want nothing more than nobody to be touching me, nobody to be around me, you know? But the problem is that that's exactly that space that needs to be filled, and relationships are hard work, they really are. Uh, On top, if you've got kids, it's even more hard work, especially as a mum, you are, you're pulling all the strings most of the time, so it's difficult. I can only say the last year, obviously, has taken a massive toll. So I, I've had the kids at home for over half a year now uh, and phew, I, I don't want anybody touching me mm-hmm. most of the time. The problem is, you know, if you don't work on a relationship, nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. And as Chris has said, if um, you have a desire, why not explore it? Why not share that with your partner? You know, and as to where you can possibly find this information, because what i had been thinking before. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the BDSM Museum needs to happen. You need to have a safe space where people can go, where they can talk to somebody about something they're feeling, something they're desiring, um, a kink unexplored. But there are also fantastic sources online. So you've got the museum on Instagram, you've got different forums, you've got uh, kinky forums that you can take part in. This will also be part of the museum. So we have resources in one place where people can go to be informed. But you know, first and foremost, it's about talking to your partner. Mm. It's about really, and you know, it's, it's actually, it's exciting because you've had, I've been with my partner for 13 years. So we had a lot of kinky stuff before we had kids and that's gone out the window. It's almost like it didn't exist. We remember it every now and then and think, oh, that was such a nice time, you know? But now we have a different kind of everyday and real life. And so to have something to look forward to, to maybe say, uh, I'm gonna plan something Friday night and I've been uh, checking things out online and I've been reading about maybe spanking and you know, health and safety concerns, all the things, all the ins and outs that it brings with itself yeah. or role play or any other sort of kink. I'd like to share it and explore it with you. It gives you something to look forward to. You know, yeah. it just, it, it helps a little bit and even yeah. if the time comes and then you don't feel like it you've gone a micro step towards yeah. working on your relationship you know
1: right. and and you just have to swap it out for any other thing it's like it, i don't know any new activity that you might be into is it, it it ought to just sit in that kind of place and as you say the intention is is i think the intention is is a huge part of getting somewhere with this because you i as much as you can spiral down and like just feel so alienated from your body and your relationship, it takes the same effort to to, to step back up, I, I suppose. My What I'm wondering, though, as I listen to you, when you say forums and all these things, and not the museum, Is that, and this, again, could be a reflection of me, this deep-rooted fear that you're going to get pulled into an underworld. And I, I'm sure that's just me... With my own preconceptions but you know in other spaces on the internet you you can dip your toe in and then you then find yourself maybe somewhere that you feel less comfortable with are they unnecessary concerns is there some truth in that
2: i would say that um when you're talking about bdsm or when you uh, yeah when when especially when dealing with making this exhibition happen and talking to people um, there, there are a lot of like prejudices um, and there are even there's a lot of research uh, about uh, how BDSM is stigmatized or people who do it and engage into it because of pre- misconceptions that um, like, there is a clear distinction between abuse and violence and BDSM because uh, the one is, is consensual and like actively you choose to do this, you want to do it. Um, um, and the other one is is like one sided, you don't ask, you just take. And, um, and uh, I mean, it's like when a police officer is um, putting handcuffs on you, it's like um, legal action. Um, when, um, when you do it with your partner for fun, it's BDSM. And so when someone else does it to commit a crime, it's, it's like a, abuse or whatever. So it, it, you, the same act you do in BDSM um, can be in a different perspective, uh, can be abusive or negative. But um, it's always the, the perspective of mm-hmm. why people do it, what it means to them that's important. And I think that's what's frightening a lot of people and why they feel like uh, appalled by some concepts of BDSM. Because they see just the image and the surface and the surface is fright- frightening and is maybe um, is like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to see this and I don't want my kids to see that. And so they, they should be excluded from ever getting information about this but what is if your if your children are interested in this i mean at some point they grow up they they develop sexual interests and when i was when i was 15 or 14 i had those interests and i there was no one i could talk to and i could just feel perverted strange and a lion, um, mm-hmm. like um like feeling an alien um, from other people and i didn't know that um actually my my uh, fantasies i had um were were not so uncommon mm-hmm. and uh, were not sick or or bad it's
1: really interesting i think we always get into these um sticky situations excuse the pun when everything things get lumped together in big categories because it's like it there's so there's so much nuance and a bit of power play versus chains whips and being strung up is is such a you know they're they're they're, they're miles apart from one another and and if you count yourself out of something for fear of the other end of the scale which I'm asking myself whether it, you need to be even fearful of that I'm really torn I'm really torn about the, I, that was actually going to be my end question but we'll get on to it now as I'm often thinking to myself about I've just written a book about how we talk to kids about difficult things and I hadn't didn't touch on sex in the in the purest sense because it's aimed at much younger but um I used to always say when asked my advice to my younger self would would be to go and have all the sex, like go and do it. And I, I was very hung up in my youth on, and not being a slag and all, and you know, keeping my numbers down and then, but then I've, I've kind of done a bit of an about turn because I do think that we, that sex needs to still be seen as something we value. And, and I'm really torn between it wanting it to be fun. But also wanting to keep it relatively sacred, and I and I struggle to how to talk to my kids about that because yeah, I don't want them to feel perverted if they've got desires in some way, but I do want them to be very considered about how they explore that desire. I think
2: exactly. I think um, ki- children when when they explore the sexuality, they need to be informed. Um, um, yeah, how to not get abused, how to be prevented any harm for them, and uh, even when they are adults later. Especially if you're like, if you have submissive fantasies, for example, or or masochistic fantasies, um, you could Mm. very, very easily get abused by someone if you try to explore that and don't know where to search, how to to go about it so that you are covered, that you have like a safety backup in case something doesn't work out. Um, If you don't have a community and if you don't have people with experience uh, you can talk to and share Mm. their experience, how to avoid being abused. um, I mean there are sexual abuses uh, I wouldn't say in, in the BdSM scene but there are sexual abuses and they search prey for people who um, who uh, yeah who, who they, they can find and so it's important to, to give information to even to adults about how to um, safely and and consensually engage in sex and how to prevent uh, in sexual activities and how to prevent yeah. any any abuse. And if I
0: could just add to that as a mother. Yeah. I we raise our kids fully sexually aware they you know what it's like they love playing with their parts but yes and this is right but there are boundaries there are there's a framework that we build for our children in all aspects not just regarding sexuality if they're climbing something super high I'll say to them Can you see that there's a hole there? Is your footwork feeling steady right now? I'm just showing them their boundaries and their restrictions that they have. So sexually, we do exactly the same. We tell our kids, you know, it's cool that you're playing with your parts. Just go and wash your hands afterwards. Yeah. You know, so I think it's the same when they start exploring these desires. Uh, We've got a basis of trust. And hopefully, I hope that I've shared enough with my kids. I mean, mine are tiny, so um, I hope when they're old enough, they'll have the trust to come to me and say, mommy, I'm interested in exploring something. I mean, teenagers are teenagers, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I hope that I've given them enough tools in that sense to know to come to me and that I will find information that I need wherever I will find it for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, with all of this, We can speculate, but you you only really know based on the person, you know, when I was trying to write the book and get these concise answers. Actually, it's the opposite. There is no concise answers. There's no kind of, this is how you talk to your kid about sex. There are things that you might want to try and hit home on, but it comes down to the individual. I already know now that my kids will probably explore these worlds a bit differently and and how I would frame, you know, whether one's more risk-averse and one's more yeah foolhardy for example you would perhaps i'd probably perhaps frame the conversation slightly differently but it is it is interesting isn't it like on the one hand i i would love to campaign for sexual liberation for everybody but yeah there's a part of me that's cautious that you end up in a guilt spiral for the other side of it where these people saying yeah i feel bad because i just really like again vanilla sex it's like well that that's also just as valid isn't it i
2: mean it's not a competition and um it's it's important to to yeah if 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 it's, it's important to just go after uh, yeah find find positive ways to to fulfill your uh, fantasies and desires and not like try to do it all or, or uh, appeal to someone that's else and their interests so i think it's um a lot of self, um, like sexual discover, self, sexual discovery, and self um, um, uh, determination. That you, you yourself determine your own sexual like um, path towards your life, what you want to do, and uh, yeah, you shouldn't feel any any what pressured. Um, it, it should always be liberating. So. Even if, yeah. even if there's like power play, it's, I mean, it's dynamics, it's a play. It's like you choose, you want to, and it's you act, you actively see, uh, seek and, and want to engage with it. And when something feels uncomfortable, um, you, you uh, communicate about it and stop it when it reaches a point where you don't want to go on. And I, mean, I think that's important to teach people mm-hmm. and to, to educate people, um, where to draw, draw boundaries, uh, where, how to express your own needs and, and feelings while you engage in such things
1: especially in the in social media doing things because everyone else is doing it in any walk of life is exactly the wrong reasons the 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 importance of autonomy and and actually learning to do stuff that feels great for you in your body and your in your mind is something that i do feel like we're tuning out of a bit which is why i guess this the space for this is so important how do i feel do i like this how do I communicate? You know, that's that's really not about sex, is it? That's about how you go about in the world. Like, does this work for me? And if not, what do I do about it?
2: Exactly. And we want to portray in the museum people um, who do BDSM, why they do it, what it means to them. And um, so that to show that it's not about practices, it's about people and what certain things mean to people and uh, what it gives them and what experiences they have made um, with it and maybe... Also, also, what people mm. well, what yeah and I when they talked it about it, exactly the what, other what side happened. from
0: the point of view of, as a mum. So in thinking about these scenes, you think everything's all glossy and shiny, and everybody's yeah. got the perfect body, and they're in their tight little clothes. And I don't. Yeah, my short erotic stories. They have everything from the new mum with leaky boobs to uh, you know spontaneous taboo situations that you consent to. So I think. BDSM is one step closer to sexual liberation Mm. than everybody else actually is. Yeah, I think I I can
1: understand that. And it's so true. Like, I love, yeah, the stuff you write. For that reason, it's not like leaky boobs and, yeah, whatever, love handles aren't in opposition to sexy. They are, they're just a different version of it. You know, If we get, uh, yeah, and I think that could be a lot of, where the problem lies. You think that I don't look like that. We don't look like that. Therefore I can't have access to that version of pleasure. And it's just like, yeah, this, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, everybody in any, in anybody has, yeah, the right to feel good, I guess. And now for a quick advert for my book, But Why, how to answer tricky questions from kids and have an honest conversation with yourself while you're at it. In there I cover relationships, a bit of sex, complex feelings, um, friendships, it's all in there and as this episode goes live I can very excitingly say that the book is out in a week's time and if anyone out there has worked in publishing or had a book or know anything about this industry you'll know that pre-orders make a huge difference. So if you are thinking about pre-ordering but why? i would be so grateful if you did that right now i will put the link in the show notes to the book or it's in my bio on instagram so yeah thanks in advance
2: and i've, I've sometimes heard that people um say that um, they don't have to think or reflect mm-hmm. a lot about it because it's like an urge they know what they do, how, what they feel drawn to and so so all this talking about it, you don't need it but that's a very bad approach, it's like um, if you if you smell something, oh you want to eat it, you should check first if it's poisoned or if it's like good and so um, just yeah. because it's an urge, a natural urge doesn't mean uh, you should just engage it without thinking, the op- quite the opposite I mean we, we are very Socialized uh, beings um, with highly complex, like uh, socialized behavior, and so we need to reflect on what exactly it is we are doing or we want to do, and how can we do it so that it's good for us and our partner.
1: Mm, that's yeah, because it's again like consent can sound very unsexy, can't it? But it's like that is that is exactly that's about making people feel safe, and you know that there is of course in BDSM you're like challenging that urge but the the foundations of it from what I understand are a complete trust and safety and then you can lad it in the danger it's the same as anything dangerous you learn the basics you wouldn't just go and ski down something that's that's likely to kill you with no technique you have to you have to
2: I yeah, mean, no, in, the, in, the, um, I in the museum, will also show a part of the cultural history. And if you move back in time, like with where the term sadism and masochism uh, comes from, um, it comes from a time where the the concept of how to engage sexually was very much not so much thinking about consents and thinking about your partner. So, for example, um, the sexual liberation ideas that um, were, were at the times of the French Revolution like a Marquis de Sade, from which the term sadism originates, um, is maybe not the best um, example of, of consensual engaging in, in, in sex. Um, and so it's it's like you see that people, I mean, even even in normal sex sexual relationships, we become more aware of how to consensually engage in, in our intercourse. And that has developed. And so when you look back in history... Um, yeah the examples you find are are um, very mixed and it's um, there are some examples where you see that people um, try very hard to to consensually um, get it, to it but then, then you have in the 70s uh, a formation of like organizations and groups who talk about it and and once you once you're not alone and and you just don't act out alone without information you can actually start to like um, yeah see the importance uh, or, or of, of and see, see how um, um, uh, become aware that uh, that if you want to, to go after your sexual impulses uh, uh, in a, in a positive way, um, it needs to be safe, sane and consensual.
1: Mm. Lisa, do you have anything to add to that? I feel like you do.
0: <laughs> I always have <laughs> something to add to everything. I've yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Um, Well, so I did, it's not along the lines of consent, but what Chris just mentioned about sort of having a safe space. I did gender studies at university and I feel like society likes putting people in drawers to feel safe. So you give something a name, you have nothing to do with it, and now you feel safe but now we're becoming more aware of how you can't black and white everything fades into another you know there's gray zones of everything i like this but i also like this and i am this but i am also this why are gender pronouns having such a revolution why are we saying pride month why are we because people have different roles they have different parts of their personality Mm -hmm. and if you give them a safe space not a draw, something very open, where they can explore that, where they can talk to people who have similar tastes, similar styles, similar thoughts on what their life should be like, then those people can unfold. You know, with BDSM, you're not saying, do you want to practice BDSM? Let's book ourselves a dungeon. I'll chain you. I'll whip you. I'll stick something up your beep. And we'll have a great time. That's not what you're saying. You know, you're saying, let's dip our toes in the very shallow end, talk to people who engage in this and see if there's something in there that sparks a fire in one of my roles. Maybe there's a kink you've not explored yet, Clemmy. you know? There's something plumbering inside you that is yet to be discovered, you know?
1: I've been laughing a lot about wiki feet and I'm not Anyone can like what they like but it's like I mean I draw a line at feet I can't I can't get can't get on board with
0: that no no I am out on feet as well children's feet maybe but yeah
1: yeah yeah but yeah and again each to their own but it's just like that that has the opposite impact on me um I'm also wondering what like where the role of shame is here because you know my earlier questions about being dragged into the underbelly of the internet the problem is if you if you ever add shame to any equation it actually pushes people generally into the the worst part because if you can have the conversation safely and yeah in a way that feels supported then you're less likely to stray to do it in in bizarre places right i feel
2: that shame is like uh, as an as an as an emotion um is like rooted in the in the in the concept that you lose social um, that you lose social value, that you lose social standing and that yeah. was very lethal in the past for us human beings because we were very much dependent on being in a group and having social recognition and once we were outcast it was very hard to survive. So shame is a very important tool to grant that we act within the boundaries of society. But uh, today our society is so, so plural, so, so um, colorful, that we don't have to be in specific boundaries and say, okay, we have to follow like, and do what everyone else do and everything else is weird and kinky and we can't have that. So um, I feel a lot of this like uh, behavior is still rooted in our like, uh, yeah, basic need for recognition. Um, so it's very hard to let go and, and say, okay, I'm really interested in that, but it's not appropriate. So I'd rather feel ashamed. It's not a choice you make, but it's like a learned behavior. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is even more dangerous because that's yeah. where you go into those dark areas. That's when people start practicing things that they do desire and that they do feel as a part of themselves, but they don't do it in a safe scenario they don't do it with health and safety measures in mind they don't do it perhaps with consent you know that's where you go down the dangerous road and it's up to us i feel the generations coming after us now i know my children for one will be the generation that is not into shaming you know my my boy he has long hair we're already breaking down barriers you know my daughter plays with pokemon so you know breaking down these barriers is essential to getting rid of this shame and that will play itself along all aspects of life i mean you
2: don't have to like uh, everything every kink or every uh, sexual uh, activity that's possible or conceivable but uh, or no 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 but that's that's it you don't have to so i mean I mean, it's yeah. completely fine yeah. if you're if, if something is not your thing. And uh, as, as long as you don't, like, um, make others feel bad because you don't like it, um, I, I think that's completely fine. I mean, uh, um, I think that mm-hmm. if, if you, but, but if you then think, okay, I don't like it, so everyone else th- shouldn't do it because it's not good. I think then, then um, your own personal dislike becomes mm-hmm. like a political opinion. And that's not good.
0: Don't put your energy into things you don't like. Yeah. Put your energy into things that maybe you do like. You know. Yeah.
1: I mean, it should be as simple as that, right? Yeah. It, it, it really should. So, what kind of questions? well I kind of want to know how how this this world has enhanced your life. I'm kind of a bit intrigued with the people that you've met because I get I imagine when you get into a scene, you begin to meet other people. Is it a case of it's everybody you lose, or it's everybody and anybody. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, they're kind of broad questions, but I just want to look, know a little bit more about how this shows up in your lives. I, I, I
2: think it very much depends on what kind of like groups you, you, uh, you. And and uh, where you uh, yeah what kind of bubble you are in because on social media there is also kinky communities um, there are like local munchers there are organizations there are parties there are youth groups in Germany we have a youth group for example they they are especially for for also for minors to educate them and they have very strict rules to to keep uh, for child safety so that if you're like 16 or older you can already go there get information about it. Um, and um that's where it started for me for example and then so you get to know people talk to them and um maybe online social media and so you you so you start to get, to have more people you can talk to about it and then you see okay um so you get a lot of input and a lot of ideas and a lot of like um yeah things to reflect about your own sexuality Mm -hmm. and it's it's uh, but to some degree it depends on who you want to to face because um i myself i've Mm -hmm. been mostly in the in the hetero um like there is even a hetero bdsm scene and uh, and a queer bdsm scene and a a gay bdsm scene so there are like subcultures and subgroups and they are quite uh, quite different and sometimes they come together sometimes not so it's it really depends where you go what with what approach you go to to events and yeah. yeah which people you talk to there
1: do you would you describe it as being a very crucial part of your life now
2: uh for me yes
1: and like your identity <laughs>
2: um well it has been a part of my sexual identity ever since i've explored my sexuality so it's definitely mm-hmm. um it feels like T- to me it feels more like just a hobby or or or, or just uh, yeah have every once a month have some f- have some fun which is a little bit kinky but to me it feels like it's important for my sexuality to live it out
1: mm. and later
0: i have to say there are a lot of aspects of it that i have yet to explore when the children are older or the pandemic is yeah. over or i have more than 2 hours to myself <laughs> a day Um, uh, I think there's a lot still inside me because I I am a kinky person. I am a sexual person. Mm, The people, and I hate saying in the scene, but the people that do practice BDSM and that do fulfill their desires and live out their pleasures and kinks They're great, so um, I, for me, the whole world, and I keep in in touch with a lot of them. um, When I worked in the shop, there was a couple from Denmark. They would come twice a year, especially, to go shopping in this shop. Uh, It was like, it was an occasion for them, you know, and and this shop was amazing. On Saturdays, there was live music. You got champagne reception. The people, if you engage in a conversation, it's not just about talking about whips and chains these are liberated people you can talk to them about almost anything so for me where i i don't it's not a part of my life as such i don't practice this with my husband who knows maybe 10 years down the line when the kids are off to university or whatever Maybe yes, you know, maybe we will get into these things and you know, there are kinky retreats There are all sorts of cool things that you can do. So maybe that's something I will explore. But what I can say is It was my favorite job and I have worked in an advertising agency I have been a temp as a life-size bunny on a fair in <laughs> Devon, you know I I have been places and I have seen things and I have to say this shop was you know it was my life and the people that I met there it was for me it was liberating and for them to share that with me that is pretty big so all I can say is I encourage people to follow any sort of desire they might have you know don't go down the dark paths but you can see that on the internet you know if you stick to something like Instagram you're not you're not likely to veer off the path too much you know um and yeah and say stop when you don't feel comfortable anymore but there's there's a whole new world that can be really really exciting for people and especially for mums who i feel get so caught up in the humbug of routine Mm, of of motherhood yeah of motherhood and for for a partner i know for my husband what i do is extremely difficult because i'm constantly doing sexy things and and then in the evening he's like hi lisa and i'm like leave me alone i've been semi-naked most of today and i don't want to do anything (laughs) but it is you know it's it's an olive branch it's finding a new way to communicate in a relationship and you know anything that helps move you towards that in my opinion is a great thing so yeah of course
1: yeah, of course. It's, and and it, it might just be your favourite thing. And I what you are talking about, the hobby analogy is really a, a really great one because often when you find a new favourite hobby, you really like the people that are into that scene as well because you've got a shared interest. It's, it's it's kind of no more than... It is more than that because it's about sex, but you know what I mean? It, it's just like you're, you're like-minded for that reason. And, and just being able to connect with other humans based on things that, that give you joy again, like any other hobby, whether that's craft, sport, sex, music, you know, it's just, it's just connection, isn't it?
2: Yeah, when you have people talking passionately about their, their, like, uh, hobbies, it's, it's always interesting, even if maybe I, at the munches, I'm an organizer at munches and um if people talk about their kings and you can see their eyes and and even if you don't share their kink you say okay so this this has a great appeal for this person so um for someone, there must be something about it that's interesting. Maybe not for me, but yeah. I mean, this person is definitely into it. So great go, for him. Go, for go do it. Go explore yeah, go do, it. <laughs> no, exactly.
1: I'm, I'm wondering if people are listening. Uh, yeah, we've kind of touched on this earlier, but what's the first step to dip your toe on the Internet, maybe? Um, yeah, to visit one of these shops.
0: As a mom in a relationship, it is taking the time i did a blog post about dirty talk recently and it is about finding a space with your partner to explore this and whether it's just an initial conversation that both parties arrive to and are prepared for that sounds very hoity-toity, I just mean so that both people have given it one or two thoughts so that when they do have the conversation, they perhaps can already say, I kind of fancy this kind of thing and I kind of don't fancy this thing. I think that's the first step and social media will give you a platform to look at those things. On uh, the BDSM Museum International Instagram page, there's Fetish Friday where people, real people in the community, Introduce their kink. So it's real voices of real people that are exploring that. So, you know, you can have a look at those kind of things. Maybe you instantly find something that appeals to you. And so you arrive prepared for a conversation that will help you long term in possibly finding a new level to your relationship. That's from a mum and partner
1: point of view. And, and from not from a mum point of view, Chris, what would your be? Sorry, <laughs>
2: um what was the question like again, how, searching how, for how to search? Well,
1: no, not how to search, how, oh. like, if someone's listening thinking, yeah, this this might be my thing, or I'm, I'm intrigued by it, <coughs> but feels overwhelmed by where to even begin, because you just start, start, yeah, you don't want to necessarily just put BDSM yeah. into Google, because that <laughs> might not put you in the right places.
2: Well, you've got to start somewhere. So yeah, maybe yes, start with with BDSM in Google, but maybe then some other phrases like um, forum and like search for a place. I mean, I, I don't want to give specific recommendations, no. um, but um, I mean uh, that that's also the problem we want to tackle with the museum that uh, BDSM is often so commercialized mm-hmm. and is often so like um, yeah, it's it's uh, and and so we want to to. Uh, claim the space, I mean, there are organizations in Germany where you can uh, which which do great work advancing like um, awareness of of um, about kink and consents. And um, but if you search on it, I I would start at the Internet um, because in a newspaper or somewhere locally, you don't see like a place where you know, Okay, I can go there and talk in a pub (laughs) with some stranger about uh, about about BDSM. I mean, that can work out quite, quite uh, surprisingly well. Uh, but I'd rather maybe start on the internet and and search BDSM and then search for whatever you want. If you want to meet people, then search for munch. Uh, or if you want to just uh, read other people's uh, ideas and and um, stories, then forum or community or whatever. So I mean, there, I think there are a lot of places in the internet um, which which are great, have great communities, and um, very often you just get access to it if you actively search for it
1: and actually this is a very neat way of saying could you tell people where to find you guys on the internet because actually both of your sites are are great places to start on instagram aren't they
2: i would give no recommendations no but what's your your
1: museum uh, what's the museum what's your instagram handle
2: Ah, it's uh, b dot d dot s dot m dot museum uh, dot international, the, the English account on on Instagram.
1: And Lisa, what's yours?
0: I'm please pinch me hard. Yeah.
1: She's actually written for. I'm gonna when I post this this podcast, I'll also share your post that you wrote for Mother of All Lists, and then like to do a complete U-turn away from. Um, kinks and bdsm there's two questions i like to ask everyone before we finish so this podcast is inspired by two things first of all my favorite trait in people or one of my favorite traits is honesty what are your best trait what's your best trait about yourself and what do you most admire in other people
0: my first i can i have two You, you can have you can have as many as you like Perseverance and resilience. Oh, good ones. <laughs> um, and in other people, I value forgiveness. Oh, you, put, you yeah. smashed it there. Ooh.
1: <laughs> um, no, no pressure for you, Chris, but lots of pressure.
2: Uh, with other people, I value very much a heart, a big heart, um, okay. like lots of love and, um, and understanding and listening. Um, capabilities and I personally think one of my qualities is that uh, when when there is like a fire on the roof, then I I really get going. You
1: really, <laughs> wonder what the trans. Have you got? Is there? A, a, what's the word for that? I wonder. Yeah. Not, not, not bravery, as in you. It's it it's
2: like mind. in in the face of imminent danger. I uh, uh, or, or if if, if there's yeah. a challenge, I I jump to it. Yeah. So courageous. I'm, I'm,
1: Courageous or brave? That's a good one. Good answers, everybody. Well done. And then um, the second bit is my absolute love of a a massive chat. And I always say, like, my ideal place for a chat is about, like, six people, long lunch. I love my children, but I'd like them not to be there in this situation. Some sun, nice food, and, and nowhere to be. Describe to me your, like, ideal situation for a big chat
0: um i'm gonna have to go with a picnic on the beach also without children as much (laughs) as i love them uh and probably four people if if i'm to put a number to it because go for it in large groups i i sometimes go speechless which you wouldn't think of me but i can
1: (laughs) Um, and you've got picnic food there any do you want to be specific about the picnic food
0: I love it when everybody brings what they love because I love, and it fits perfectly into the topic, I love trying new stuff.
1: Yeah, that's a good answer. And Chris, what about you?
2: Well it's it's very hot outside so I can just think of going uh hiking into the into the forest so that it's a little bit more chilly. It, it's it's really extremely hot at the moment and um bringing yeah some some cold uh salads and and uh, there's a great avocado salad I really, really love it's a Venezuelan uh, national dish I think and uh,
1: I've just been on my oh, first hiking weekend last weekend oh my word i mean forget BDSM <laughs> hiking
2: <laughs> you, you still feel your legs <laughs>
1: yeah but I just couldn't believe how amazing the whole thing was I went to the Lake District which is a, a bit, an area of England I've never been which is absolutely stunning but the same thing we had biscuits we had some boiled eggs we had you know we sat and we we you know talked in the not so hard bits oh I mean I Fantastic. think that might yeah it might be my new favourite place for a chat because there's something about walking with someone yeah you, you communicate in a bit of a different way don't you yeah
2: yeah it's uh, it's really interesting the conversations yeah while hiking
1: yeah i mean I'm, yeah yeah so i'm definitely into hiking I, I i um i'm not adverse to the idea of bdsm but i'm really into avocado salad <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> a, and a hike.
2: I, I can understand
1: that made <laughs> <stayed> in heaven <laughs> So one step at a time, one step at a time, literally. Well, thank you guys. It's been it's been really really educational and has really really got me thinking, which is exactly the point of these um, conversations. Coming in with one idea and and leaving with a whole yeah a whole new set of ideas. So thank you for being so open and yeah having a, a really important conversation. I think.
0: Can I say one thing just yes. at the end because of the question? Uh, where can you go to talk to people if you are after this? Podcast experiencing a desire, or a kink, or something. Us. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Direct. <laughs> Once we're open, yes, Yeah, exactly. That,
2: yes, in October. Yeah, and I'll,
1: um, I'll, will do some big signposting to that online. But that's a good place to start, and then then people can and can go from there. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And my Mac mm-hmm. battery is on eight percent, so that's like.
2: Perfect. It's quite good to
1: keep yeah. me up, keep my eyes on the on the prize and Stephen would be like, yeah, well, she actually kept the time for once. Thank, oh, you. thank you, I loved it, I absolutely loved it. Oh my word, I am still laughing about that avocado comment. You know, I did my best to sound really open-minded through this whole episode, and then just really finished it by sounding like such a loser, but... This is it, you can be into hiking, you can be be into avocados, and you can also explore this really interesting world of BDSM. I thought that um, Lisa and Chris were really, really excellent guests, and our conversation really got me thinking, and made me realise that there really is quite a lot that I don't know about. Even as I wiggle towards 40, I'm learning a lot, and I hope you are too. So, yeah, please do share this episode amongst your friends. Tell people about the podcast and tune in next week when I will be talking to Vex King about self-healing. In the meantime, have a lovely day. Thanks very much.